we can open up our Bibles to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. We're going to be all over the Bible today. We're going to be in the New Testament and then in the Old Testament and then the New Testament again. And it's going to be verses 13 through 18. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. This is a scripture that, that we've you know heard many times, you know we've, we've read many times, and um. And this is, in a way, you can say that figuratively, this is when, when the church was, was created. This is when, when the church was, was almost placed on earth. When, 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 the, when, the, when the Spirit just you know, revealed this to Peter, and, and, and Peter spoke this, and he said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. You know, Jesus' reaction right away was, you know, Blessed are you, Peter, because you got this, because you understood this, this point, and... and and, and then on you, and on this rock, I will build my church. So it, it's interesting that he says, on you and on this rock. So it's kind of like he, he's not saying that I'm building my, my church on Peter. It's not that Peter is the, you know, the foundation of the church. You know, Peter is, you know, almighty, the starter of churches. It's on this rock. It's kind of like on, on the foundation, on this, on this revelation that Jesus is Christ. That's what the church is built on today. And on that revelation alone, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations and there's a lot of churches that are trying to uh, take away from that. And, and they're maybe trying to, to put the church on, on a different foundation. But when we read the Bible, and, and we'll get into it more today, we see that, that the true church that Jesus built, the true church that Jesus left here on this earth is, is, is founded on Him. On Him being the Christ, on Him being the, the Messiah, on Him being the Savior of, of, of all the world. It, that's the real church. And any, any, any other foundation automatically just kind of de- delegitimizes the church. Unless it's founded on Christ, unless it's founded on Jesus. Remember this time when we were in Israel, the, the new place pastor took us to were the, the gates of hell. And I, I wanted to get the picture up, but I didn't have time to find it or or get it up on the computer and and I remember we we came to this huge cliff and there's like this big kind of like cavern thing in in the wall and and then pastor was saying that this cave used to actually go in very deep into the ground and and this is they were you know the people of the time that the Israelites they referred referred to this place as the gates of hell and and pretty much when you know demonic or, or or strange people would would go into this place they would, they would start to walk into the cave and, and, and pastor said that they begin to feel physical fear because it, it's kind of like they, they would step into a very dark and, and demonic place. 
and they started feeling fear from that because we know that you know Satan is the god of fear. That's it's you know that doesn't come you know from holiness and 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 impurity and all that stuff. And they started to feel fear, and that place was called the gates of hell. And and in uh, in verse thirteen it says when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and that's what that place was. So it's like and and it's interesting because. You know, we, we talked about this before, but we drove up there on a car and it took us, I don't even remember how long, but, you know, walking, it would, it would take a good amount of time to walk up all those hills, like, you know, a few days for sure. And, and, and what's interesting is, is, you know, they just, Jesus pretty much had them, because they came from the Sea of Galilee, and that, that's kind of where, where we were driving from. And, and then once they came to that place, pretty much Jesus revealed his revelation for them, and then they left. So he had them walk that whole path. He had them walk that whole way just to bring them to this place and explain to them and have them physically see the gates of hell that, that won't be able to overcome them if they're a part of this, of this church, if they're a part of this movement that's, that's built on him. And, you know, so that, you know, I think that should say to us that this is a pretty major thing that Jesus was saying. This is a pretty major point that Jesus was making to, you know, make all of his disciples make all of his followers go through that much effort just to physically see this this cave just to physically see this hole in the wall and 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 tell them that you know on this revelation if you guys understand that i am the christ if you guys understand that that i'm the messiah and i'm the savior then everything that's in there won't be able to overcome in your life everything that's in there won't be able to have dominion in your life and but that's, that only applies to us is if, if Christ is the foundation. If Christ is not the foundation, then nothing is applicable anymore. It's, it's, the deal is broken. It, it doesn't work anymore. Because unless He is the foundation, then it's not the true church that He's referring to here in the Scripture. So He created the church. He was, you know, he, Jesus is, is the one, you know, He came on this earth, He died for our sins. And, you know, in the, in the meantime, while, while He had time here on earth, He pretty much created the church. He set it up, he, he preached to them about it, He explained to them about it. You know, He said that the church is pretty much me. When I leave, you'll have the church, and the church is me. Me and the church are connected, we're one. And, and after, you know, he, he died, He resurrected, He came back to earth, and then He left. The church was still here. The church never went away. The church, you know, remained throughout that whole time, throughout those three days that he was in the grave when, you know, when he was resurrected, when he came back to earth. The church was here all along. They, they continued to, to gather together. You know, when Jesus came, they would gather with him. Then when, when, when he ascended again, they, they continued to gather together. They continued to, to pray. They continued to have, to have you know, fellowship and, 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 and you know, be, in, be united and and, you know, in Acts chapter 2, you know, we, we read about that, that story that we're all familiar of, the, the day of Pentecost, when, when just like any other day, they were gathered together. It says they were united, that, and, you know, they had one spirit. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, God comes. All of a sudden, God shows up. All of a sudden, you know, they, 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 they begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's fire all over the place. People are, you know, coming from, from regions all around them, people that, that don't even know anything about. And it, it, even, it even says in a... In Acts chapter 2, it says around that time, there were people of all nations in Jerusalem. So it, it's, almost, it's almost like God even planned, you know, that to be the perfect time when there was a lot of people gathered there. And, 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 you, know, and, and you know, imagine, a, you know, a whole movement in, in Seattle all of a sudden where, where you know, their people are being filled, you know, there's fire all over the place. 
everybody's gathered, everybody's looking, everybody's intrigued, everybody's confused, and you know, they're speaking a language that hasn't been heard before. And this, is, this, this was like the first real spark of the church. This was the first real you know, big thing that happened in the church after Jesus left. And, and it, they were together, they were united, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, Peter's out fishing again, you know, Thomas is still doubting somewhere over there, you know, this guy's over there. They were united, they were together, they were the church, and, and in the church is where God decided to come, because in the church is, is, you know, the church is the only thing that Jesus left on this earth. You know, he, he, you know he, he, he took our sins with him, he took everything, but the church is what he left for us today. You know, and then God sent the Holy, the Holy Spirit so that, you know, He could speak through us. And He speaks to us in the church, in the church, in this place that, you know, we're here today. And Jesus always promised to, to lead the church after He was gone. When, when, you know, when He was praying in the Garden of, of Gethsemane, He was, you know, praying for His disciples. He was saying, you know, God bless them, you know, keep them strong. When, when, when Satan tries to, to you know... Sift them like chaff. Is that, is that what the phrasing is? Or, you know, when he's praying for his disciples and he's saying, you know, when they're in the church, you know, help them to be united because when they're united, when they love each other, that's when people will see me. You know, through their love towards one another, that's when people will, will, will see me glorified. And, you know, he prayed for, for, for them. And in, in uh, the last chapter of Matthew where he's, he's, you know, right before he ascends and he's giving the Great Commission, you know, he says, go and, you know, go and preach, go and tell the, you know, every single nation that, that, that I exist, go, we can even open up there, it's a little, Matthew chapter 28. And then the last two or three verses, in verse 18, all authority has been given to me in earth and in heaven. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the even to the end of age. So it's even even in that in that last thing that Jesus is saying when he's here on this earth, he's saying, I am with you always. And you know, and, and the church is is you know where where he speaks to us. The church is, is where we hear his voice, and this is where he's even with us. You know, we we might be thinking that you know Jesus is somewhere up there far away. When when we worship, when we pray, we're trying to connect with a God that's so far, and where you know or we're putting so much effort, and where and we're trying to you know he's here today, and he's speaking to us. You know, through 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 the pastors, through the preachers, he through through the word when we read it, he's speaking to us, and you know he's here today. And that was one of the promises that he said right before he ascended. He says, I'm with you always. And once again, this only applies if he is the foundation. Because when you take that point away, then pretty much all of the Bible doesn't apply to your life anymore. Unless he is the foundation. Because as soon as you take that away, everything crumbles. Because there's no other foundation that, that, can, that can uphold this message. There's no other foundation. There's no other God. There's no other idols. There's nothing else that can bring a salvation today that's why jesus said i am the way the truth and the life because he's the only one and, and if, if 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 he's on if he's the foundation then we can read this book and we can apply it to our lives and we can learn from it and we can change and we can you know change our characters we can work on our sins we can break our bad habits you know we can we can be freed from from bondage of of sin and all these things but as soon as you take him out of, of the foundation we can't do anything anymore 
We can try, you know, we can, we can develop a good work ethic, you know, we can, we, we can work hard, we can, you know, chase dreams, we can have ambitions, we can, we can do all these things that don't last. And these things that disappear when we die. And it doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of doctors you can afford to get. When God says your time is up, your time is up. Even if, you know, even if you're St- Steve Jobs, even if you're, you know, Hitler and you have dominion of a whole country, it doesn't matter. Because you can achieve all these worldly things, but if you want to achieve eternal things, if you want to have eternal life, that's only done when Jesus is the foundation. And when you're building your life on Him. And when you're building your life the way that He is telling us to build our lives. Because that's the only way that we can be saved. And that's the only way that, that, that we can have salvation. And... And he says here, he says, you know, go and make disciples, you know, baptize them, you know, preach to them, teach them to observe the things that I've commanded you. You know, he, he's giving us these commands and, and I realize that a lot of times we can, you know, we can be doing these things, we can be in so much ministries and then we're always giving, giving, giving and it's almost like we don't even have anything inside of ourselves to give because we're so busy serving all the time and, and we never actually take the time you know to listen to the word that pastor is speaking and actually you know receive something for ourselves we never you know we read the bible we're just you know bible playing you know three chapters blah blah okay and off to the rest of the day we come to church we sit down okay worship worship word word, word. yeah great word next day you know what did pastor preach about yesterday huh i need to check my notes i don't remember anymore you know, and, and we never take time to, to fill up our cup and we're always trying to give something. And at one point that cup's going to be empty because, you know, our past prayers and, you know, the past times that we were seeking God, they, they don't help us anymore. And, you know, we need to continually renew that cup. We need to, you know, receive the word. We need, we need to, you know, hear from the Holy Spirit. We need to hear what Jesus is saying today. And, and, and we're trying to serve and then all of a sudden we're burnt out and, uh, you know, ministry is so difficult. Ministry is not fun anymore. You know, there's no excitement in it anymore. But when you're constantly filling yourself up, there's always excitement in it. Even, even if you're doing the same exact thing, every single week, it's different. And every single week, God, God speaks to you through it. Every single week, something changes in you. Every single week, something new opens up. In the same old routine, something new just keeps opening up. And when, when we fill that cup and, and, then, and then when we pour it out when we're supposed to, it's kind of like a two-way thing. But when we're always trying to do, or there's the other extreme where a person just sits in church his whole life. He's listening to the message his whole life. He's reading the Bible his whole life. He's praying his whole life. And that's all they do their whole life. And they never serve. They never, they never help anybody. They never, you know, even tell somebody about Jesus. They just always receive, 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 receive. And then their cup is full and it's overflowing and it's all over the floor and it's just wasted. You know, it, it's, it's a two-way street, but, but we can't just do one thing or the other. And that's why Jesus put so much emphasis on the church. And he said, this is the place where you're refilled. And then once you're filled, you know, go and make disciples. You know, go, serve, do things. But these are, these are kind of two parts of, of, of the project that, that Jesus gave us. And, and, and he's saying, go. And, you know, we can't just be satisfied with with just coming to church we can't just be satisfied with you know being in these walls we have to do things you know we have to go outside because that's when you'll begin to see God using you you know a lot of people are like you know God never uses me God never does this well you know have you tried doing anything no I've just been praying for for years well start doing something start serving you know go on a go on a mission trip go to Mexico still not too late you can fly there 
I found a ticket. There's a ticket that lands there at 7.50 a.m. If you can make it there, you could probably still hop on the bus. It's possible. Do something crazy. I don't know. Go next time they go. Go, go with go with Yura uh, Shabura. Go with go with Alexei. Do something. Go go to Yogi Bear. It's right here. It's 20 minutes from here. You know, pour your heart out. Serve serve somebody that that needs attention. Serve somebody that actually needs you to be there. You know, that's when you'll begin to see miracles in your life. That's when Christianity will actually become exciting for you instead of a burden. Because when you're just, you know, I can't even imagine what, what, what it's like to just force myself to come to church every week because I'm being told I have to by my parents or by my pastor or by my leader. I can't even, that would be horrible. Because there's no life in that, that's death, that's, that's religion. That's the exact same thing that the Pharisees were doing and that's what Jesus preached against. He said, don't just come, don't just because you know it's right or because you think it's right and you think it makes you righteous. You know, seek my heart, you know, love me with everything. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, obey my commandments. When I say go, go. When I say, you know, sit and, and, and listen and be still and know that I am God, then do that. And, and it's these two things that, that, that we have to always kind of balance in our life to make sure that, that our cup's always full and at the same time we're able to serve people who need us because that's how God's kingdom is, is going to be advancing on this earth. That's how we're going to start to see, you know, our, our, our co-workers, you know, more and more start to ask us questions like, hey, you know, you've been doing this church thing for a while now. You know, I, I've been working at my company for, for six years and, and, you know, in those six years I saw one of my co-workers like really come back to God and, and, and you know, he's told me, he said, you know, you didn't even do that much, I was just looking at, at you serving, I was just looking at how dedicated you were, and I realized that I'm missing out on so much in my life that, you know, I've turned away from God, and then, you know, I realize I need to come back. And then, and then, and, and even in that, even though now that he's in church, he's like, I'm not satisfied in my church, you know, the message is, is, is fluffy and this, and, you know, I was never there, you know, preaching at him, I was just sitting there quietly, he brings up a, a conversation, I answer him, God gives wisdom and you answer it. You know, and then that's all you do. It's not that we have to, you know, go and, you know, conquer everything and go do this. If God's calling you to do that, you know, go for it. But, you know, just be ready, you know, hear that, that voice of God inside of you. And when he says you need to serve, you better serve. You better do something. Don't miss that opportunity because if you keep missing it, if you keep ignoring it at one moment, those opportunities will stop happening. And, and, and. Before you know it, all of a sudden you're, you're out of church, you're away from God, and you're like, how did this happen? And, you know, it's these two things, you know, make sure you're, make sure you're here, make sure you're connected. Don't just, don't just come here and, and, and listen to the Word and, and, and go home. You know, there's, 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 power in, in, there's power in the fellowship aspect of church. There's, there's real power in that because, you know, when we, when we hear the Word... That's what changes us, you know, that's what, that's what opens up our eyes, that what, that's what, you know, gives us, you know, kind of vision and direction of where to go, but a lot of times we don't have strength to do that. And that's why we have, you know, a fellowship, that's why we have a community, that's why we have people around us, you know, we lift up each other's arms, you know, we help each other move forward, we, we, we help each other keep on track, that's the whole point of a church, and, and my co-worker was sharing, he's like, the church is so huge, you know, has like 5,000 members. And then when his daughter was born, he's, I just found out a couple weeks ago, he, 
hasn't been going to church for like the year and a half that his daughter was born. And I'm like, you know, I was in church, you know, a week after my daughter was born. What are you talking about? Like, it's so difficult. It's so, and, and, and I'm like, did nobody in your, did nobody even call you to ask you where you were? Did nobody even bother? He's like, well, you know, the church is so big. It's like, I'm not even there. You know, it's like, you're there. Cool. If you're not there, nobody really notices when you have 5,000 people. And, and you know, and, and you just, you'll start seeing these opportunities, you know, these things that are such common sense for us. Because we're in this church, because we've been so blessed, because God, you know, really speaks through pastor into our heart. And, and these things are just common sense to us. And, you know, we have to understand that a lot of people, even a lot of Christians, they don't understand the simple things that we do. And, and they don't know these things. And, 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 you know, just bringing up this conversation and then, you know, just saying these things, you'll be surprised how many people you can actually help. You'll be surprised how many people are actually hungry for, for that fire that burns inside of you. And, and they're looking for it and they're searching for it. Whether they're inside of a church or whether they're not in a church, they're, all, they're still searching for it. And they see that you have it and they see that you have it inside of you and that, that, that you're burning, that you're on fire and, and, and they want it. And, and, and all they need is, is just somebody to tell them how to get there. All they need is somebody just to, just to open up their heart, somebody just to expose themselves and tell them, it's like, hey, you know, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I can show you where he is. You know, I can, I can, I can show you how, how to get to him. I can show you how to, how to talk to him. You know, it's, it's so simple. There's nothing complicated about it. It's not even, it doesn't cost us anything. It's not a mission trip. It's, you know, these people are around us every day. You know, we were, we were, we were uh, driving today all together, and, and then, you know, we see some, you know, woman with, with her dog and then another woman with her dog and and you know a little bit from our house when we're uh highway 99 starts it's you know as soon as it gets dark that's a sketchy place and there's just like there's people that that need jesus there they really do and i remember one time we were driving and just like this woman she's just so skinny that you can see it's not healthy and 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 we're just looking at her and we're like, wow, she's just hopeless. She like has no hope. She's going to go home today. She's probably living alone or, or getting abused or who knows what she's doing. And she has no hope. She doesn't have, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a Jesus to depend on. She doesn't have, you know, somebody she can, she can just pray to and, and you know, and, and have hope. She just doesn't. And these people are all around us. You know, when you, you know, if you go to school, then they're really all around you. Every single class all, you know, five or six periods that you have, they're all around you. And they need you. And, and you know, Jesus says, I'm with you. You know, don't you think that applies for us when, when we're in school, that he's with us? Don't you think it, it applies to us when we're at work, that he's with us? He, he's there. All he's, it's like, you know, he's just waiting for an opportunity from us. It's like he's, he's, he's waiting for us just to, just to, you know, just to, do a little spark and then everything's going to burn up. It's like he's just waiting for us to do a little something that, that, that he can use so that he can be glorified there. I was watching this, uh, this short video. I wanted to get it up today, but then it was a little bit too funny and I thought it would be distracting. But it's, um, there's the show, it's called House Hunters. And it's the, it, it's the show, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, where, where people, you know... It's like, you know, a couple, they're looking to buy a house, and then they have a realtor, and the realtor, you know, shows them three houses, 
For some stupid reason, every single episode, they're only allowed to see three houses. And even if they don't like all three of them, they have to pick one because that's the show. But anyways, but that's the thing. And they're going to a realtor and the realtor is, you know, bringing them into a house. And, you know, this house has this, you know, it has new wiring. It has, you know, these cool windows put in. It has this door, this system or whatever. And anyways, and, and they made a little spoof of that. It's called Church Hunters. And, and it's pretty much the same idea. It's, you know, like this church realtor. And, and you know, he, he's bringing this couple and he's like, you know, this place has, you know, a big foyer. They're a little bit old fashioned. But, but you know, they're getting there because the pastor started doing this new thing. He's untucking his shirt now. And, you know, and, and it, it was kind of funny to laugh at. And then, I, you know, by the end of the video, I got really sad because I realized this is how most people probably look for a church. You know, they go to a church. They're like, you know, what's the worship like? You know, uh, the lights aren't good enough. You know, the place isn't comfortable. I remember when we were in Louisiana, uh, Joel Stocks always said, that, you know, people complain that it's too cold in there, that it's too loud in there. You know, then people go to a different church. It's, it's too hot in here. It's too quiet in here. You have just a whole bunch of people just... You know, with different reasons that they're looking for in a church, when in reality, when you're looking for a church, the one aspect you should be looking at is, hey, are they preaching the Word of God? Because that's the most important thing. I mean, everything else, you know, you'll get used to it if it's too hot in the church, you know. We were in Africa for a week. It was very hot in some of those churches. It was, you know, dusty when, you know, there's no floor and, you know, just dirt and they're all jumping and you can barely breathe because there's like two tiny windows somewhere in the back. And... You know, you get used to it. You're kind of like, well, I can't leave. I, I'm on a mission trip. You know, I have to sit here and suffer. And that's what you do. And you just get used to it. But as long as the word of God is being preached, as long as, as, long as, some, as, long as the truth is being preached and it's, and it's changing you and it's transforming you, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter, you know, the, the, the lights, the music, you know, that's stuff we can't take with us when we die. If you think about it. You know, the most important thing is, hey, in the times of worship, you know, can I actually connect with God? Can I actually hear Him? You know, is the Spirit actually here when, when, when the pastor preaches? Or, or, you know, is it just, a, you know, a guest speaker every week? And, you know, it's, it's, it's one hype man after another hype man after another hype man. And, you know, or, you know that's what we, we should be looking for. And we're, like I said, we're very blessed to be in the church that we're in. Because we have that here. We have the truth that's being spoken. You know, pastor's not a hype man. You know, pastor's like the furthest thing from a hype man. You know, and that's what I feel like a church needs. It just needs somebody who's serious. It needs somebody who loves God. It needs somebody who seeks God because out of that, pretty much the whole church is, is going to have that, 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 that same drive. It's going to have that same vision. And that's what we need to be looking for in, in, in the church and not everything else. And like I said, usually a church like that is founded on Christ. Because... Churches where the focus is on something else other than the word, where the focus is something else other than, 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 than preaching the, the, the message of, of Christ. You know, when the focus is on anything else, then it's almost like the foundation is just taken away. It's taken away and there's, and there's nothing really holding it up. And it's, and it's, you know, in Matthew chapter 7, the very last, I believe it's the last uh, parable Jesus speaks of on the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about building on a good foundation. Saying, you know, don't build on sand. Don't, don't do these things because when the waters come, they're just going to sweep everything away. And that's what happens when you're building or when a church is built on something other than Christ. It's a weak foundation. It's, it's sand. It's, you know, we all remember the, the old, you know, uh, the story of the three little pigs where, you know, you know they, two people built weak houses and then one built a strong house. And, you know, and... And in all reality, if there was an earthquake, all three of the houses would be wiped away because they don't have a good foundation. 
that's reality. You know, the big bad wolf, you know, yeah, he'll, you know, knock some of the churches out maybe, but, you know, some might stand strong for a while, but as soon as something real hits, there's no foundation that'll hold it. And same thing applies to our lives, if that's in our personal life. If, if Jesus is not the foundation, at one point or another, something is going to crumble in our lives. Because he's, you know, he's, he's the only one that's, that's truly firm. He's the only one that, that, that's real and, and, and can withhold anything. And in, uh, you guys can write it down if you're taking notes. In Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, I think it's, I didn't write if it's 1st Timothy or 2nd Timothy. I guess we can just open up. But we should all know this, this scripture by heart because this is the name of our church. It says, I write so that, it's First Timothy, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct, conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth, or the pillar and the foundation of the truth. It says in other translations. The truth, that's, that's what the church is, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. Not, not the pillar of the foundation of a good coffee machine, not, not a good foyer, not good music, but the truth. That's what the church is built on. And, you know, everything else is, is good. We have a very awesome coffee machine back there. You know, we have, uh, you know, an amazing worship team and, and enough lights. Probably it's very bright right now. But the truth is the most important thing in a church and, and the most important thing in our lives. And like I said, there's truth that we go for the church and then there's fellowship and don't forget those two points because you know you need to be united when the disciples were, were together on the day of Pentecost they were, it says they were united it says they were of one spirit it means that they, they didn't just come to church listen to the message and then leave it means they were united you know and there's there's you know a big group of people in this church I can say that I'm united with I can say you know we have the same vision we're moving in the same direction you know we're, we have the same goal in our life that's unity. That's what we need. That's what that's what helps you know helps us to be to be strong in those moments that we're weak, and then you know in moments where the people you know around us in, in the church even are, are being weak in those moments that's when we're strong for them. It's um it's kind of like you know that that story when 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 Moses was up on the mountain and you know he had his hands up you know and the people had victory and then his hands started getting tired and then what happened there then uh, Aaron and and Hur or I don't know what his how to pronounce it, H-U-R, but, you know, they held his hands up, you know, and then there was victory. That's what happens. Our hands get tired and the people around us put our hands up or, or we see somebody getting tired, we're putting their hands up. You know, that's, that's the point of the church. And when it starts growing so big that, that you don't even know half the people in your own church, then it kind of, it starts to lose kind of the point that, it, that, that it's supposed to have. And, you know, that's why, you know, even in our church at one point, you know, we, have, we still have our home groups, you know, because that, you know, that way we can really grow, that way we can really be together. Because even with, you know, two to three hundred people, you know, compared to a church, we're not really a big church, but that's, it's hard to say hi to three hundred people every single Sunday, you know. So we have our little home groups where, where we talk, where, 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 where we get together, where we pray together, where we seek God, where, where we read the word together, where, you know, we, we open them, you know, I'm struggling with this, you know, pray for me for this. And, you know, that's, that's the whole point, and that, that's the fellowship, fellowship we have in our church. That's, that's what you need to have in a church. On, on top of the, the, the truth that you hear, there needs to be that, that, that aspect of, of, of community. 
and in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. You know, this is Paul writing about the, the, the people that are in the church pretty much. And, you know, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. You know, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So it's like he's saying, you know, these you know, pastors, these evangelists, these people are, are placed on, on, in the church. They're, they're placed... You know, in you know the positions that they're at in the church to help equip the saints, to help you know equip all of us, to help you know us to open up our eyes, to 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 help us through our struggles. And then, and then it's interesting. It says in edifying of the body of Christ. The word I looked up in that that word edifying in the Greek. It's it's a word that literally means to build up a house. So it's it's a word that means to build up and to build up a house. So he's saying the, the pastors, the teachers, they're here to, to, to help the saints pretty much build their lives. You know, to, to build everything around them because the foundation is set. You know, the foundation of G is Jesus. It's Christ. And, and then we need to begin to build because our whole life, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, however long we live, we need to build something. You know, and sometimes that house is going to be a shelter for somebody else. Sometimes that, you know, that house is, is, is going to serve others. Sometimes it's going to protect us from, from the things around us. But we need to build that house. You know, that, that's what we're doing our whole lives. And, and the people in, in these positions, you know, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, you know, you can write in missionaries, you know, pastors, teachers, they're there to help us with that. That's the church. That's the you know. That's the truth aspect of it. And then we have the fellowship aspect of it. And then nothing can stop us. And then we're you know we're growing. We're 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 moving forwards. God's using us. And 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 there's actual excitement in being a Christian. And without the church, we don't have anything firm to stand on. I know there's a lot of people nowadays that think you know I can be a Christian and not go to church. But you know you're kind of you're losing the whole point that, that Jesus was making. And, and, you know, and he said he's the foundation of the church. He's not the foundation of the, you know, a random guy named John who decides to stay home on Sunday and call himself a Christian. It says the church. And, and, um, and then we're going to finish in the Old Testament. We're going to go to Judges chapter 17. I know that's a very big jump and uh, maybe it doesn't make sense, but we read this earlier this week, a couple days ago. And in Judges chapter 17, 18, and 19, there's just kind of this interesting, uh, a lot of interesting situations that happen in Israel. It starts off with a, a man named Micah. And I think it said he lived somewhere in the in the mountains of, of Ephraim. And And, you know, it's... It's a very strange guy. It's a very strange story. I don't know if you guys remember, Pastor preached about it a couple of years ago. And um, pretty much the story starts out from, you know, him stealing silver from his mom. And then, you know, she cursed the person who stole the silver. And then he says, Mom, I heard you cursed the person who stole the silver. I actually stole your silver. You know, and then the mom says, you know, well, God bless you, son. And then, you know, he gives back the silver. And he's like, you know, and, and she's like, well, I was going to make an idol out of it. And he's like, oh, that's what I was going to be doing too. And then, you know... She makes an idol out of it and she gives it to him and he has this idol in his house. Very strange story and, you know, we can really go deep into it, but we don't have time for that right now. But 
You know, and then all of a sudden it says a Levite somehow ended up there. You know, Levites had a specific place they were supposed to live. Levites had a very specific place they were supposed to be. A very specific thing that they were supposed to be doing. You know, Levites weren't like all the other people of Israel. They pretty much had no freedom. They had to be priests. That's, that's what they had to do. Well, maybe not priests, but because only the family of Aaron were priests, but they had to be Levites. They had to be, you know, servants. They were, you know, doing, doing all the things that Levites did in those times. Um, somehow a, a young man from Bethlehem in Judah, of the family of Judah, he was a Levite and was staying there. He just somehow wound it up over there. He was away from all the other Levites. And then, and then the man departed from the city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. So it's already a strange situation where you have somebody that's specifically called by God to do a specific job, to be in a specific place. And he's like, I'm going to wander up to the mountains of Ephraim and I'm going to go find a place to live. It's just, it's, you can, you know, if, if, if you're looking back and you're looking at the story, you can already see that something's not right in this situation with this, something's not right with this young man. And then somehow he ends up in, in this Micah, Micah's house and, and, you know, and this, he's like, I'm a Levite from Bethlehem, and I'm trying to find a place to stay. And this Micah's like, perfect, he's a Levite. Why don't you, you know, take my idols, take all these things, and become my priest? And then, you know, the Levite says, okay. It is this strange story. And, and then, you know, we, we read that the tribe of Dan is trying to find a place to live because they're not patient enough to just wait for their inheritance that God is supposed to give them. They're not patient enough to just wait for the land that God's supposed to give them. They're like, no, we're going to... Go find land, because in those times there was no king in Israel, and everyone did as they saw was right. And so they're looking for for land. They're they're trying, you know. They send out five or six spies, and these spies end up in this Micah's house, and they're like, "Wow, these are great idols." You know, let's go back to the, you know, they go look at the land. The land is good. Yeah, we'll defeat all the people. They go back to the whole tribe of Dan, and they're like. Yeah, let's go get the land. But, you know, on the way, let's stop by Micah's house, you know. And then they stop by Micah's house and they take all of his idols and stuff. And they're like, these are going to be our things now. And then, you know, Levite, priest guy, come with us and, you know, be our priest now. And he's like, okay. It's a very strange young man that doesn't know what he's doing with his life. And, you know, that really relates to a lot of young people today because a lot of young people don't know what they're doing with their life. You know... He's a Levite, he's called, he's, he has a purpose, and he's supposed to be doing something for God. Just like every single one of us, every single one of us has a purpose, every single one of us is supposed to be doing something for God with our lives. And instead of doing that, he's chasing something he himself doesn't even know what he's chasing. And that's what a lot of young people, you ask him, you know, what, what are you going to do with your life? You know... I want to be a doctor. Then you ask him the next week, like, no, I changed my mind. I actually want to be a lawyer now. Then, you know, two days after that, no, I'm going to be a grocery storekeeper. And then they're all over the place. You know, I'm, going to, I'm just going to work at Starbucks my whole life. You know, you know, no, actually, I'm just going to work at Starbucks for three years. I'm going to save up money. Then I'm going to go to this college to study for this. And then a week later, it's like, no, actually, I quit my job at Starbucks. I'm going to this college now. And they're all over the place. They don't even know what they want themselves but they're chasing things and they're moving away from what God is calling them to do. When God just wants them, you know, to stay in Levi, to stay in Judah, you know, in Bethlehem, be a Levite. And, you know, I'll open up to you what you're supposed to do. I'll open up to you where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to, you know, what's supposed to happen in your life. 
And you know, because this young man, he goes here because it sounds good. You know, he, he gets a place to live. He gets, you know, he gets paid for it. He gets, you know, all these health benefits, you know, you know, whole, you know, health care package, retirement package. You know, he gets everything and he's staying at this guy's house. He's a priest. Then all of a sudden somebody else stops by and they're like, you know, be our priest. And he's like, okay. You know, and, and he's all over them, all over the place. He doesn't know what he wants. And then this whole tribe ends up pretty much, you know, serving these idols. And, and it, it's crazy that, you know, what can happen when there's, a, you know, one or two people away from the community and they still think they're serving God? You know, he, he was still a Levite because, you know, they asked him, when the spies came and asked him, you know, should we go conquer the land? And he's like, you know, God says you're good. God is blessing you. Go. So he's still so delusional that he thinks he's with God. Even though he's living with, with Micah and, he, and he's serving these idols, he still thinks that, that he's serving God. And it's crazy that when, when, when you move away from the church, or you can even remain in the same building because he was still in the tribe of Israel. You can be in the same building but so far away from everybody else in the church that you begin to actually damage it. And you begin to actually damage a lot of people's lives. Just by chasing your own things and, and, you know, putting a Christian spin on it, putting a Christian twist on it, you know, saying, I'm still a Christian. And it's, and it's this crazy story. And then in chapter, in chapter 19, it says, It came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite staying in the remote mountains of Ephraim. And another Levite in the mountains of Ephraim. I don't know what was so crazy about it, what was so nice. But there's all these random you know, rogue Levites living there. And it's the same, and it's another strange story that, you know, we can go deep in, and I don't want to go deep in, you know, his concubine and why she was caught up and sent to the 12 tribes of Israel. But it's another strange situation. And it's the same thing. It's when, when you have somebody who's got, who God is calling and they're moving away from the whole community. They're moving away from the church, you can say, and they're trying to do their own thing. And call themselves Christians. And the same principle applies to our lives. That when we try to do that, nothing good is going to come out of it. So our, our, our job is just to, you know, be with Christ. Because He is firm foundation. He is the firm foundation. He's, he's, he's the only one that we can stand on and, and just guarantee that, that we won't budge. That we won't shake. That, that, that we won't get tossed to and fro with every wave of, of new teaching. You know, that we, that we won't be swept up by the winds, that, that, that we won't move when there's storms. He's the only foundation that can guarantee that. And if we don't have that, then who knows where we'll be a week from now. You know, but when He's the foundation, when, when you know, He's the foundation of the church and we're a part of that church, that's when we're strong. That's when we're united. That's, that's when we can begin to move mountains. You know, that's why we see... Miracles, and that's why we see God with us every time we've gone to Mexico. Because you know, every single time we're, you know, guys, let's be united. Let's pray about unity. Let's be united. And every single time, yes, there's moments where somebody's like, blah, 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 but we're always united. We're always, you know, we have the same vision. It's like, you know, we're here for God. Let's just forget about ourselves. Let's just forget about everything that we want to do. And you know, th this week and a half, and let's just focus on God. And every single time, God shows up. And every single time, you know, God, God moves during, during the messages when we're praying for people. He's there. And He transforms people's lives. It's because when there's unity, when there's love between us, between one another, that's when people start seeing Christ. 
That's when he begins to move. That's when we begin to see miracles in our lives. And, and, and that's what we need today in our life. Because, you know, here it's easy to talk about it. Here it's easy to be firm. As soon as we step out there, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it starts to get rocky. It starts to get difficult. And, and unless we're building a strong house on a solid foundation, we won't survive in there. You know, especially in, in your school, even, even in your job places where... You know, every other person is, is, you know, cussing every other word and, and, you know, and you want to say something, but you don't want to say something because you don't want to ruin the relationship. But at the same time, you know, you feel burdened to say something. And, and if you don't say anything, then you're losing as a Christian and you're failing as a Christian. And the only way you'll have power to say something with the right heart and, you'll, and to say something with love is, is if Christ is your foundation. And if you're doing it out of, out of the love for that person in your heart, that only comes when Christ is the foundation. And 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 with that I just want us all to stand and we're gonna